This is All Things Therapy, where we are changing consciousness, one conversation at a time. And I'm Lisa Tahir, your host. Hello there. Welcome to All Things Therapy Podcast. I am Lisa Tahir, your host. We are approaching episode number 400. March will be my eight-year anniversary, bringing you All Things Therapy. And my mission and purpose is truly to change consciousness, one conversation at a time. And if you're wondering what that means. Consciousness is fancy for your awareness. And I believe that when we expose ourselves to new thoughts, to new paradigms, it shifts what we believe is possible for ourselves. And then our life starts to reflect that change. And my guest today is really an expert on this. I will introduce him in just a moment. I wanted to let you know that if you're looking for an intuitive psychotherapist, please reach out to me, lisa at nolatherapy.com. My website is nolatherapy.com, standing for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy. And at that website, in addition to finding links to this podcast, I have an online course that is called Empowerment, Sourcing from Within. And I spell empowerment with an I-N, empowerment, instead of an E-M, empowerment, because I believe that everything really emanates from within us. And it's through aligning ourselves with the possibilities, the potentials that we want to live and experience is how we actually manifest them. And I will segue directly to our guest. He is a real master at talking about these kind of topics and helping you expand and change your life, how to be more authentic, to really live your meaning and your purpose. Today, we are with Coot Blackson. He is the host of Soul Talk Podcast. He's also a transformational leader, an inspirational speaker who's touched people all over the world. Coot is also a national best-selling author of two books. He has a new book titled The Magic of Surrender, Finding the Courage to Let Go. And today we're going to ask him about what that means, what surrender is and what it is not, as well as how you can live more in a liberated sense and way. So Coot, I'm going to bring you in. Welcome. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate having you here. And let's talk personal transformation and authenticity, meaning and purpose. Where do you want to start with us? I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to go. I'm here to serve. Wherever we want to go, let's go. You know, and I don't know if you, could you hear my introduction as I was I speaking? could, I could. Okay. So I wonder how, because I know we share an alignment with how things how we develop, how we grow. I'd love for you to talk to our audience about why this is important to you, first and foremost, to help people change their lives. Oh, wow. I mean, from a very young age, I have been, uh, felt a very strong calling to serve people in some way. From a very young age, I remember five, six, my first memories was, was feeling a deep desire. I, I was a very sensitive kid. So mm -hmm. I would feel people's pain. And there was a part of me that always wanted to 
just somehow alleviate suffering. It was just something that was inside of me. And so I had visions as a boy um, of inspiring millions of people around the world. And I had visions as a boy of, of, of helping people. And so it's always been there. Uh, it's been a guiding force in my life. And, um, you know, just so people kind of get a sense of my background, my childhood was a bit, it was a bit interesting. It was a bit unique. I didn't think it was that different until I started speaking with people. But I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. And my first memories as a young boy was being around age six and age seven. And I remember seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the gravel, the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. You could call it a miracle. And so week yeah. after week, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up out of wheelchairs. And the same man whose gravel she picked up will look at someone in a wheelchair and say, why are you in this wheelchair? Stand up. You're not sick. Stand yeah. up. And so this man was my father. Yes, my father you grew very, up in the ministry. Yeah, my father was a very mystical, spiritual man. I went to India in the 60s, had an awakening experiences. He had had 300 churches. And so he was a unique character. My mother was Buddhist, so I grew up meditating with her. Mm. And this, was, this was my upbringing. And so when I was age eight, I started speaking in my father's church. Mm. He's age 14. I was ordained as a minister. Age 18, I left everything behind. I just felt my soul calling me in a different direction. And I just had to listen to my soul. And so from a very young age, I've always endeavored to listen to my soul. And I think sometimes what your soul guides you to do isn't always convenient. What your soul guides you to do doesn't always make sense. What your soul guides you to do isn't always comfortable. But I think when you listen to your soul and when you honor your soul and when you allow your soul to lead you and guide you in life, you'll always end up in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing, even though the route that you take may not be the one that you most expect. And so... Um, it's been a hell of a path. And so for me, I'm very passionate about personal development and personal growth. It's not simply a business for me. It's not a career. Right. It's a feeling. You know, as a young age, I, I read my first self-help book when I was age eight and uh, a book called Creative Visualization by Shakti Gawain. And from eight to 18, I probably oh, read yeah. 800, literally seven, 800 books. I'm thinking that zone around self-help, spirituality, everyone from the Eastern mystics, the Western mystics, Louise Hay, Deepak Chopra, Marriott, yes. Wayne Dyer. And this was, for me, has been a calling. So I feel like I was born to inspire, born to, to help people remember who they are. When I, when I studied you, I noted that you grew up in the ministry and began even speaking to people at eight years old and yeah. growing up, seeing and experiencing these miracles and really yeah. set on a path and a course to continue that, that legacy yes. that your father had started. And I was curious, I, I, that, I can't imagine that was easy to be kind of positioned to move in one way and then to decide not to. And I'm, I'm a little curious about what happened for you as a therapist. I'm very curious. Yeah. What, Look, what happened what, is, yeah. is, is when it was announced, I was already speaking from age eight to 14 yeah. and I love speaking and I knew I wanted to help people. And all of a sudden my father announces to everyone unbeknownst to me, he and I don't have a conversation because he was very old school, my way mm. or my way you choose, you know, that's a whole yes. other story. Yes. But, had to unravel as a therapist, you know, I had to unravel yeah. a lot of that stuff. And so when it was announced, everyone was happy but me because I just felt like mm. this something didn't align, like, like, like something in my soul didn't quite synchronize and fit with the path 
that was set out for me. My entire life was basically scripted for me. My mm. entire life was basically decided. And no one really spoke to me about it. And yes. so I was, I was too afraid at 14. I was too afraid to speak my truth, to, to, to speak to my father. My fear was if I dared to be myself, if I dared to speak my truth, I would lose my father's love and I'd be outcast. And I, I think like many of us, I allowed fear to yeah. hijack my voice and my freedom. And for four years, I honestly tried to fit myself into a box to become who I thought I needed to be. And I became miserable in the process. I became depressed in the process. And so when I turned, what happened was when I turned 18, I looked into my future and yes. I had to make a decision. I saw that I could follow the expected part. I chose not to go to university, which again, shocked everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and I looked into my future and I saw that I could follow the expected path. I could take over my father's church. I could be successful right. on this foundation. But when I felt into my future, age 30, age 40, age 50, age 60, I saw that if I didn't have myself, if I didn't have my soul, if I didn't have my, my, my own truth, like what kind of success is that? And I just felt such pain in my heart when I felt into my future that you can't mm. be truly fulfilled and happy being someone that you're not. You can't be truly fulfilled and happy living someone else's life. And yeah. so that's when I knew what I had to do and I felt the calling. Go to America, what? my soul Okay. Said, and go to Los Angeles, but Southern California because all of the authors I'd read about as a kid, Louise Hay, Marianne Williamson, Chuck, yes. they lived, in, they lived in, in LA, San Diego, maybe San Francisco. And so I surrendered to my soul. And, and it was incredibly difficult. It, it took me four years of grieving from 14 to 18 mm. to make peace with my greatest fear, which was at the time losing my father's love. It took me four years to grieve the heartbreak of the loss of what I thought would be the relationship with my father. And so when I finally got to that stage at 18, where I didn't have a choice, yes. I had, I had to make a decision and, uh, it was hard. It was difficult. It was hard having the conversation. I had the conversation at 18. My father and I didn't speak for two years. And uh, it was harder. You know, sometimes people think when you find your purpose mm. and follow your calling, life gets easy. But I yes. think sometimes when you find your purpose and calling, that's when the real difficulties begin. And that's when the real difficulties start. And so, or the challenges start. And I think those challenges are challenges that we have to go through in order to grow and develop the mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual muscles in order to become the person that's capable of fulfilling the dream and the vision. And so that's that's what I had to go through. And did you and your father repair your relationship down yeah, there? Yeah, it, it, yeah. I write about it in both of my books. But when I first came to the U.S., um, I thought I was fine with my father, you know. And, and here's what happened. It's a funny, funny thing. Yeah. Uh, I think at 19 or 20, I fell madly in love with a, with a woman. Well, I thought I was madly in love, but I felt, fell in love. And then uh, she said to me, hey, I think you got some anger towards your father. Mm. And I said, that, you know what I said? I said to her, thank you very much, but this relationship is over. Goodbye. That was mm. basically my response. I just didn't want to deal, you know? Yeah, not and yet. Then I, then I fell in love again, this time even more in love with someone I, I was sure was my soulmate and my wife and and she also said the same thing. I think you have some anger towards your father. But this time, I was so invested in the relationship. I was um, 
determined to do the healing. And that's yeah. what took me into therapy. Yeah. That's what took me as a young man into a deep dive on my own spiritual path and evolution mm -hmm. and inner healing, not just the spiritual path, but the sort of emotional developmental path of, yeah. of healing and transformation. And I, I, there was one specific weekend I went, I went to a men's retreat at age 20, 21 and uh, you know, 30, 40 men, in the forest, you know, wow. dealing, with our, dealing with our shit, you know, courageous yeah. guys and facing death, so to speak. And I remember I went through a process of really forgiving my father mm. and for anger that I didn't know I had. I felt that he was never there for me. I felt mm -hmm. that he'd abandoned me. I felt that he didn't see me. And so there was all of this rage and anger that I didn't know that I had towards my father that was really stifling me. And so I remember really coming to a point of forgiving this man yeah. and a profound thing happened. I made peace with my father and within a week after not speaking for two years, he called me out of the blue Yes, and said, uh, we need to speak some. Wow. You know? And I had given up all sense of blame or resentment. I had processed a lot of it. I had given up any sense that he owed me anything. Mm -hmm. I, it's like I, I, I let it go and I realized he yes. was his own soul on, with his own journey and his own humanity. You know, I think in many ways as sons, we first idolize our fathers. Right. right? And then we go through the stage of sort of demonizing them. And then yeah. we go through the stage of kind of humanizing them. And I just started to see like he's a human being with his own path and, and his own upbringing and his own, yes. he didn't have a father growing up. And so I began to make peace and accept who he was and make peace and accept what he was not able to give me. And I realized it's not even personal. It's just his capacity. And so mm -hmm. it was a profound forgiveness that happened that got us into contact and relationship again. And I would say that over the next 20 years, uh, we were cool. You know, yeah. we, were, we, we were good. We were like, I was overall at peace with my dad, but there was another, without going too deep into the story, there was another layer of healing that happened with my father and I. Yes. And this is when my mother passed away. Okay. My mother passed away, which we can go into that, but my mother passed away. And I remember being really devastated because I expected my father to go first. He's mm -hmm. 10 years older. But when she passed away in my meditation, sort of, Spiritually speaking, I spoke yes. to my mom. I spoke to her soul. And I said, mom, where did you go first? Mm. And she said, I died before your father and I died first in order to gift you the deep and complete and total healing with your father. Wow. So with you and your karma with your father. And I understood because I was so close to my mom. Had she not gone first, wow. it would have been me and her. And, yes. and I would have been so close. And so her soul said to me, I removed myself to force you to really heal. And in complete. that moment, completely, complete, complete yes. generational healing yes. and karmic healing. And in that wow. moment, I, I realized my soul work for the last, this has been going on the last five years, since 2016, 2017. I realized my soul work and my soul work was to heal this bond with my father. And so I decided that every day I would call my father until he died. 
Wow. And I would, I, I, I really made the decision that I would give up total expectation. Because, you know, as much as I said I forgave my father, there was a certain thing of, well, it takes two to have a relationship. You know, he, right. can, call, he can call me too. I mean, I'm here. Let him call me. And, and so he didn't really call. And, 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 and so I gave, basically, I gave it up completely. Mm-hmm. I decided that, you know what? I love him and I love his soul. And if I love him, I'm just going to freaking love the man. Yes. And it doesn't really matter if he responds or if he doesn't respond. Zero expectation. I'm going to love him so that when that moment comes when he passes away, I will have complete peace in my heart knowing I gave everything. Yes. And I started calling my father every day. You know, this is after having gone for three months, two months without speaking to the man. Right. I love it. You know, and I, so I just started calling him every day and it would be just, it would sound like, hey, dad, how are you? Hey, dad, did you eat today? It wasn't any great conversation. Right. I love him. And I realized I dropped any expectation that he should be anyway. And that freed me up to just be with him. And mm-hmm. what started happening was kind of miraculous mm-hmm. in that I think he'd never been loved like that before. Yeah. I think he never had anyone show up like that for him before. And slowly the relationship shifted. After a year, he realized, wow, this guy's calling me every day. Yes, yes. Only person in his life that calls him every day. And he started calling me. Wow. And he started saying, hey, son, I love you. He started remembering my birthdays. So mm. there was a total healing that happened. Yeah. it was so profound. My father passed away uh, November of 2022. Wow. And... Um, it was strange because when he passed, I felt like our karma was complete. Mm-hmm. You know? I knew I was I was really in peace because I felt like our mission together was done. That's beautiful, and I hear in everything you shared how you had the experience of surrender, yes. of telling your truth, of meaning and purpose, and having to stand up and and share that with people that you love knowing that this is going to be disappointing to them but you had to honor yourself and the way that it ended up working out was that you had more with your father and better thank you for sharing that oh thank you how does this influence then when you are working with others about helping them to tell their truth and do people even know what that means like how to start cracking that that down yeah. for a person to understand. I, I think that one of the things that stops us from being free and stops us from truly healing are all the ways that we lie to ourselves. Hmm. And in many ways, to be fair, many of us were not even conscious that we're lying to ourselves. We don't even know that we're lying to ourselves. If you say to someone, you're lying to yourself. Like, no, I'm not. I, I am who I am. This is this is just who I am. I'm just this way. It's just I'm built this way. And we don't realize that in so many ways, we've been conditioned, as you know, as a therapist. We've been conditioned from childhood. Yeah. We've been conditioned from parents. We've been conditioned from grandparents and society and religion and education and university and social media and television and advertising. We've been conditioned in such a way that we don't even know that we're conditioned. We often think that who we are is who we really are. 
and we don't question it. And, and so I would say the degree to which we're conditioned is the degree to which we're not free. So I think okay. as human beings, we have to start becoming conscious and aware of the ways that we're conditioned. Look, as children, right, we're born free. You know, we inc yeah. we're souls, these bright, beautiful souls. We don't know what's right and wrong. We don't know good and bad. We don't really have any fear. I have a little baby boy. He'll he'll jump off the table. He's like fearless. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. Yeah. He runs naked, got no shame, poops yeah. his pants, has no shame. He'll sing. He doesn't care if he doesn't sound like Bruno Mars or Celine Dion. And so we were all like that once. Yes. This sort of unconditioned, pure energy, full of love, full of, you know, aliveness and joy and, and freedom. And so what the hell happened to us? The conditioning process begins. So we, we incarnated into this human experience. And then we met our parents. God mm -hmm. bless our parents. Yeah, They did the best that they knew how to do based on their parents and their childhood and their upbringing and their grandparents. So all of us were born into a sort of a generational pattern, a framework that was passed down to us, belief systems and ideas and paradigms and unresolved stuff that was passed down to us from generations. Maybe dad is crazy. Maybe mom is an alcoholic. Maybe they're mm. fighting all the time. Maybe there's abuse, sexual, mental, emotional, you know, abuse. Maybe... Maybe mom and dad were great people, but they just didn't have the emotional intelligence to know how to meet our emotional needs. And that was painful for us as young, sensitive yes. beings, as children. And so two things. The first thing is unconsciously often we learn to shut down, disconnect and not feel, oh, it's painful to not have my needs met. And that, 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 that feels too helpless. Let me just disconnect and not not feel that and so we start suppressing it's painful to feel dad's not around it's painful to feel there's so much chaos in the household so we shut down suppress 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 yes. suppress disconnect close our hearts we create all sorts of survival strategies right. to, to block our feeling capacity so now we're not telling ourselves the truth about what we feel no i feel fine i don't need anybody i'm i'm right. good I, I i'm i'm fine I, that didn't hurt me i don't care when the truth is we do and so unconsciously, we've been conditioned to lie about how we feel to function and survive. And it works for us when we're five. It just kind of gets in the way when we're 25 and 35 and 45 and adults. And the other thing is we learn all sorts of ways, a strategy. We learn the sense of who do I need to be in order to get mom and dad to love me? Oh, when I'm sweet and nice, even though I don't feel that way, but when I'm sweet and nice... Daddy loves me. When I'm a certain way, mommy loves me. And so we learn to develop a role, a mask, a persona to become who we think we need to be to get love, validation, and approval. Right. And, and, and we, 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 we become this kind of contort ourselves into this version to become this version of ourselves to avoid pain, to get love, validation, approval. We hold so tightly to this way of being that it becomes who we think we are. Mm -hmm. And that's the challenge. And so it's not that we're intentionally lying to ourselves. We've just become conditioned to be this version of ourselves. Oh, I'm, I'm independent. Oh, I'm shy. Oh, I'm, and, and, and so I think we have to be willing to question ourselves. Yes. So one of the places that we can start, as I was sharing earlier, is with the truth. To me, the truth will set us free. Mm -hmm. There is no true breakthrough and transformation 
without the, the willingness to tell ourselves the truth. And it takes courage. And so I would invite people to just sit with, what lies am I telling myself? Just sit with the question, what lies am I telling myself? We stay in relationships that we know are not aligned. We work jobs that we hate. We say yes when we mean no and wonder why we feel pain. I believe that when we lie to ourselves, when we're not honoring our truth, it is painful. It's meant to be painful. To me, right. the pain is a signal that some part of us is not in integrity. The pain is a messenger, a part of us that's trying to get our attention. Yes. So what lies are you telling yourself? What are you pretending to not know? What is it costing you? I would invite everyone to take the pressure, to even take the pressure off of yourself of having to take action. Because sometimes the fear of the consequence of taking action on telling yourself the truth, mm -hmm. or if I really acknowledge that I'm not, I'm not in love with my wife anymore. Oh shit. What, what does that mean? Uh, yeah. That's scary. So, let, so the ego, what we often do is then we sort of play this game of confusion. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's a survival tactic. Right. So if we can just simply tell the truth, you don't, have, you, you don't have to break up. You don't have to leave your job. But just acknowledge, I hate my job. Feel, feel that. that. And tell gets, that to yourself. Yes. yes. That, just, that gets you into relationship with the truth. I hate my job. You know what? I'm not in love with my wife anymore. It scares me. What does that mean? You don't have to make a decision, right. but it scares me. Feel, feel that. That starts a process inside. Or it might start with, I have an alcohol addiction. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have a problem with alcohol. Don't deny it. Don't judge. Just acknowledge, yep, I have a problem with alcohol. Just the truth gets you into relationship with it. And you can't really change something until you're willing to be honest about where you're at. And so it's the truth that sets us free. So I think if people can just start there, that is the beginning of a shift. That is be the beginning of a breakthrough. And that's the beginning of surrender. And Kud, it starts to open us to possibilities that the fear and the rigidity around not even acknowledging to oneself where yeah. we're unhappy, where we're not really showing up as what truly makes us happy and fulfilling roles because, and maybe it's, it's being responsible. It's, it's being all mm -hmm. kinds of things, but that acknowledgement to oneself mm -hmm. really opens up the mind to align yeah. with possibilities and allows the path to yes. come to start to come to us. Yes. I'm, I'm going to share magic mind with our audience. And when we come back, I'd love to hear you talk about uncoaching because as you were just speaking about kind of deconditioning ourselves, that, that came to my mind to unlearn some of the, the BS we've learned to feel like we can only get love in certain mm -hmm. ways when we come back uncoaching. Y'all, you know, if you've been listening and watching that I love Magic Mind, it's a two ounce herbaceous shot. It's a nootropic that Forbes calls the world's first productivity drink. And that's not what made me really start enjoying Magic Mind. What did are the ingredients within it. In this little two ounce shot, there, is, there are lion's mane mushrooms, cordyceps mushrooms, vitamin C, ashwagandha, turmeric and these help as anti-inflammatories so that we're not in much as much pain through exercise other toxins be it alcohol the environment the foods we're eating and as my listener magic mind is offering you 20 percent a one-time order 
or 56% off a monthly subscription. Learn more about them and take advantage of that opportunity by going to magicmind.co forward slash Lisa. And for me, health is important. I have been a fitness instructor for 15 years and physical health is your mental health. And when we really start to put different things in our bodies, our bodies can really serve us and feel good doing it without the struggle and issues that one has without caring for their body. So magicmind.co forward slash Lisa. Also for the body, baby foot. Our foot peels originated in Japan. Babyfoot has sold over 25 million foot peels since 1997. This is a an at-home spa experience for men and women. You put your feet in little booties. You wear them for an hour. The gel starts to break down the old dead skin on your feet, and it naturally peels away over the next two weeks, leaving your foot feeling like a baby's bottom. And I really enjoyed using baby foot last week. I want to share it with you. Please take 20% off to try them out with code therapy24 by going to babyfoot.com and learning more about that product. Let's get back to Coot. Coot. So uncoaching, and I also wonder, do you, how do you see physical health intersecting with mental health and spiritual health? Because to oh, wow. me, we're all yeah. connected. Yeah, I think I think the mind, the body, the body, the mind is so connected. You know, it's interesting. We talked about truth and lying to yourself. And connected to your question, if someone is wondering, well, how do I know if I'm lying to myself? Mm-hmm. If I'm lying to myself. It's the body that will often tell you. And here's how it manifests. If you're not sure if you're lying to yourself, this will give you a clue. You will, it will usually show up where you start feeling, as you know, as a therapist, Mm -hmm. sort of emotional pain, you know, depression, heaviness, frustration, edginess, snappiness, resentment, like the emotional pain. That's one level. But it will also start manifesting as maybe a physical pain. Like ah, oh, back ache, shoulder ache, some physical manifestation is kind of like your suppressed feelings, and yes. all feelings remain present until fully felt. And so, when you suppress them, they don't really go anywhere; they go into your sub, in, in the, into your yes. psyche, and often into your body. And so, your body will often store the feelings and emotions that you haven't released or acknowledged or processed. And so, um, your physical body it will manifest as a physical pain. It might manifest as a kind of ongoing dis-ease in some way, where yes. again, your subconscious is trying to communicate to you through your soma, through your body. And that's, 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 that's often a sign. Sometimes, sometimes it might manifest too, because when you, when you're suppressing the truth, your energy stops flowing, your energy stops mm-hmm. flowing. Your energy isn't just kind of naturally circulating. There's a, there's a dam in the flow of energy. And so that blockage might sometimes manifest as life not flowing, things in life and the energy of your life not flowing. Also, it might manifest in you start attracting people to you in life that reflect the very feelings that you're suppressing. Yes, like, like, yes. Lisa, why do I keep attracting angry people? 
Yeah, because you're you're he, repressing your anger. You're not acknowledging the denying anger. it. Yes. Yes. Why do I keep attracting people that are sad? Why do mm. I keep, right? And and so I think these are some clues. And so yes, I really believe the body, the body is intelligent. The body stores information. The body, the body is so wise. And so for me, so I always look at what's going on in my body. So so for me, I'll say. I always endeavor to take care of my body because I think for me, my body is a foundation of my health. It's a base level that we all have a level of control over. So I exercise, I stretch, mm -hmm. I try to eat as healthy as I can and nurture my body in ways because you can have the greatest intention, the greatest spiritual purpose, but if you don't have a body that is cooperative, coherent and, and, and uh, in alignment yeah. and, and in cooperation with you, you can't fulfill your potential no matter how good your intention is. And so I think the body is super important. And so for me, paying attention to my body, paying attention to what it's feeling, whenever I get some kind of injury, I always say it is never random. Ne never random. Mm -hmm. It seems random. Oh, I just tripped. It was it, cool. It's nothing. I just tripped and fell. Yeah, but usually I found that sometimes the energy pulls you into certain situations that causes you to trip to communicate yeah. to you something. And so I remember uh, not long ago, I sort of injured my wrist exercising. I couldn't make it about, hey, it was just exercise. But I always ask myself, okay, what is what is my body trying to say to me? What is the message? Yes. My body? What is my subconscious trying to say through my body? Is there a message? And I realized, as an example, it was, and, and you know, it was on the left side, the left side, which mm -hmm. for me was the feminine side. And so the receptive the receptive side and is that and so i realized oh universe wants me to slow down a bit mm -hmm. to be more intentional to slow down to be more receptive to just allow more rather than go 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 and so i think the body has an intelligence if it we're does. willing to pay attention to it and if we're willing to listen to it and so for me i stretch every day i uh, exercise every day i uh, move my body every day i try to get enough sleep I try to drink enough water. And so these are yes. things I do. And, and just paying attention to the clues and the messages that my body is giving me. Thank you for that. Our emotions contain information. And when we start to ask, what information does this sadness have? What information does this anxiety have? Instead of trying to eradicate it so yes. quickly yes. with a medication or with with something to numb it out. There's so much information there. And it's sourced in what you were just speaking about earlier around the untruths that we tell ourselves to stay in certain situations because I think we believe we can't have what we really want. And that's what you're helping people do in an emotional sense. I love in your work that you want people to have more than an intellectual Yes, uh -huh. yes, yes. You really want that, like a download in the body. How do you help get get people there? Because I know you offer a lot of immersion experiences. Yeah, I, I think for me, information by itself is not enough. If that was the case, I mean, how many books have been written? The Bible, yeah. the Quran, the Tao Te Ching, you know, the power of now. I mean, four agreements. I mean, it, it, it's all been... The, Buddhist yeah. text, it's all been written. Everything that needs to be said has pretty much been said. And, and I think there's many things that we we all know intellectually. Oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't date this kind of guy. Uh, they're not good for me. This pattern's not good for me. And we're like, okay, I'm not gonna do it. And all of a sudden we go to that party 
and and we find ourselves drawn to a particular person and we're the like, same energy but yeah. i shouldn't i shouldn't go there but we can't help ourselves because it's our conditioning you know and and so for me the uncoaching and the work i do is help people become aware of their patterns and to help people move through and process through the the layers of conditioning on a mental level around belief systems you know yes. the emotional level on the level of feelings the the physical level level of the body this the spiritual and energetic karmic level uh, as well because i think everything that ever happens to us is stored in our nervous system the nervous system is the antenna to the world and you know many energetic emotional things have been imprinted in our nervous system for instance as you know that dad wasn't around mom wasn't around they suddenly left felt like oh lo lo love isn't love isn't Abandoned. present love isn't available and so now we associate love with unavailability and so in our nervous system you meet someone in a relationship and you're like oh i'm so attracted to them oh i'm so i feel i feel i feel a like i know them i, I feel yes. a familiarity i they're my soulmate i feel like i've known them forever you have it's your dad energetically right. you know and, yeah. and you don't we're not conscious about these things we just feel the pull and until we start becoming aware yes. of the repetitive patterns because all lessons are repeated until learned we'll keep attracting and attracting and attracting the same dynamics over and over again different person same dynamic different person same dynamic and so really we have to start becoming conscious of what are the repetitive patterns i'm attracting in my life and 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 what what is it showing me about myself and then we have to be willing to to move through it and process through it and clear it and some of those things are mental, emotional, uh, somatic. And some of those things are even spiritual on the spiritual energetic, because some things that we are processing as humans are generational energies and patterns that have been passed down to us through our, through our, through our parents, through our grandparents. So I believe, and what I've witnessed mm -hmm. is that the, the secrets, the addictions, the dynamics and patterns that have not been dealt with from our ancestors and generations that that unresolved stuff will tend to flow down into the next generation and many times maybe those listening you felt this you feel certain impulses it's like why do i it's bigger than me an addiction is bigger than me and i think many times those are energetic incomplete incompletions that flow from previous generations but I really believe that each and every one of us, you and I, we have the power to become conscious and aware, to take responsibility and do the inner work and the inner healing. Because as you and I, as we shift and heal ourselves, we transform our energy. We shift our nervous system. We shift our psychology. We expand our belief system. We raise our consciousness. We come into a high level of vibration. We shift our karma. And as a result, we pass on a different level of consciousness and healing to the next generation. And I think that is our work. That is what we are here to do. And that is the gift we pass on to the next generation. And you help people do this in some really unique uh, ways. Yeah. I read that you've taken people to India. I believe you have a Bali yes. experience coming up. Will you share with our audience yeah. how people yeah. can work with you and have this experience of transformation yes. that that's really like all encompassing and not just yeah. cerebral for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. For me, information is not enough. And, and that's what I realized many years ago. I started out coaching people one-on-one -on -one 
22 years ago. Um, no idea what I was doing, but I just ha. started working. And yeah. my first, one of my first clients, one of the first ones, actually, I was working in a sort of traditional life coaching model. And I realized yes. it's just a glorified babysitting, to be honest, you know, accountability. It's great, but people don't really shift. And my neighbor brought her ex-boyfriend to me and mm -hmm. said, this guy just lost $250,000 in Las Vegas. Wow. In a weekend. Okay. It's a prostitute, alcohol, cocaine, marijuana. Can you help him? Ha. And, and I was, all I heard come out of my mouth, Lisa, was bring him on, yes, bring him on Monday. Wow. And I was like a 20-some-year-old kid. Yeah. And, and, and all I know was I kind of downloaded, and I hate yeah. that term, but I kind of downloaded a uncoaching. This is where uncoaching came from, yeah. a process that was really designed to help this person truly uncondition them, themselves from the patterns and the programmings that, that got them into this place. And his life in one month radically changed. When I mean radically, it was drastic. Yeah. It shocked me because I'd never done this before. And he started sending people to me from all over yeah. LA. And then all before you knew, people started coming from all, all over the world. And this became my signature process and my signature sort of methodology of truly helping people shift and transform at the deeper levels, not just on the mental cerebral level. And so out of that foundation, I've created many things. One of the things that is, I would say, perhaps the most powerful thing I do. Um, I've done this process. It's a transformational process. I've done it for 13 years now. Finally, last year was going to be my last year doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've mm -hmm. been guided to offer it for one more year. Yes. And so I always follow my guidance, follow my soul. Yes. And it's called Boundless Bliss. It's, I call it the Bali Breakthrough Experience. It's a 12-day experiential seminar training without walls where i take you to bali and we unplug you from the world for 12 yes. days and it is a deep dive transformational process where i systematically take you through the layers of healing to face to deal with and to let go with different layers that need to be dealt with in order to truly break free and it's a it's a very deep profound unconditioning process over the last 13 years we've taken everyone from celebrities entrepreneurs billionaires salespeople, mothers students yes. um, but i would just say to wrap up if you're listening and you're someone who you feel a calling that you've been put on the planet for a purpose bigger than yourself and you feel you feel a sense of destiny that you're meant to make a difference on the planet and you feel ready to heal and ready to transform and ready to let go, to deal and let go of the limitations that have blocked you and you're ready to connect with your power and your voice and share your gifts with the world. Uh, this July, July the 20th through the 31st, 12 days, uh, we're doing the next Boundless Bliss uh, Bali experience. And so the website is www.boundlessblissbali.com. It's Boundless Bliss bali.com go to the website watch the video you have to apply there is an interview 
And the tr- to be honest, we try to screen people away yeah. because I really the journey is not for everyone, but it right. is for those that are really that are ready to heal. That want this. That want it and, and they're ready to sort of quantum leap themselves uh, like on a rocket ship to, to that next level. And so boundlessblissbali.com is where you can find out about the experience. And my other website, coopblackson.com, um, Instagram, coopblackson, my podcast, Soul Talk, and obviously the book, The Magic of Surrender, is available on Amazon. And your YouTube, Coot Blackson, as well. Coot, thank you. I really loved how you took, I love the story, your personal life, because it really, you make sense why huh. this is so important to you. How, because I think when we know, yeah, when we know somebody's why, it helps us connect with ours yeah. to really, really find our truths inside and start to live them. Thank yes. you for your time today. Really? I live in Los Angeles too. I would love to meet you sometime. I heard you in, in, in New Orleans too. I'm in New Orleans today. I and I, in, I, I was just in New Orleans last week and I'm in oh, With the transformational well, leadership. Because yeah. yeah, I'm friends with Natalie. I know a lot of those folks. Yeah. Thank you, Coot. Have a most wonderful afternoon. Bye-bye. That concludes today's show with Coot Blackson. Check him out. Check his podcast out. Explore if Bali is for you. If you really want a transformational experience, I wish you all of my love and I will be back with you next week. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review All Things Therapy on the platform you're listening from. And let's connect on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at NOLA Therapy, the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy, reflecting my two favorite cities. And let's keep changing consciousness one conversation at a time.